navy blue Victoria. As he uses his feet and goes again through mid-wicket. That's an even better shot from the Victorian captain. Swept away very nicely by Nicole Bottom for four. Oh, he's re-given! That is 50. The man from Northcote. And welcome to another edition of the Vic State Cricket Podcast. I'm Adam White. We've got a busy show coming up. Our feature guest a little bit later on is Matthew Innes, left-arm fast bowler from the late 90s, early 2000s. He's got a great story to tell. We're really looking forward to catching up with Matthew later on. But there's other things we're going to get through as well. Jared Luffman's going to join us. Uh, the WNCL season has finished uh, for another year. The Vic's finishing in fourth position, so we'll get an appraisal from Jared on, on the season, some of the players to watch and some of the, the positives to come out of the season. Talking about positives to come out of the season, the Sheffield Shield season is still going, but the Vicks have now won three in a row after a comprehensive victory over South Australia at the Junction Oval. It just got wrapped up yesterday, as I said, in less than three and a half, in less than three days, not three and a half days, less than three days. And one of the stars of the show was Matt Short. Matt got his first Sheffield Shield century after getting his first BBL century and his first one-day domestic century this summer as well. He's uh, in amazing form and we caught up with him after his 100. Matt, congratulations. Two interviews in two days, two hundreds in a week. Uh, you said last week the feeling was relief getting that maiden century to Victoria. What about now after your, what's the feeling like after your maiden Sheffield Shield century? Yeah, I think it's um, yeah, definitely a similar feeling, definitely feeling relieved. Um, yeah, as I said, I got the, the one day one last week and to do it again here in the Shield, it's yeah, a massive relief, I think. Um, been working, you know, very hard up till this stage, and yeah, to get the the first one for the Vicks, um, yeah, massive, massive achievement. How were you going through the 90s there? You spent a few balls on 95, I think it was, and you finally got that sweep shot away. Yeah, I, I think sort of learning from you know the last last week or so. I, I know I had Harry there in the one day with me. Um, you know, he's been there and done it, you know, numerous times. So I was just thinking, just keep batting. Um, I know it'll come and. Um, yeah, if I didn't think too much about it, then yeah, I knew it would come. Um, so yeah, lucky to get the sweep shot away, and then yeah, just to get the single to get the hundred up was um, yeah, a really good feeling. Talk to us about a little bit about the, the tempo that you've been batting and sort of going through the different tempos throughout your innings and realizing you know when to sort of put the foot down and when to back off a little bit like that. I understand you've been doing a bit of work uh, throughout that. Yep, I think um, oh, I think it's just bringing that confidence and just my. I guess my natural game into, into shield cricket. Um, I know I said after the the first innings, um, you know I spoke to Buck a lot before the before the shield season start up again after the big bash. And uh, I think it was just go out there and play my natural game and um, play some shots and just be confident. Um, and yeah, I think it's really paying off at this stage. When you got out, uh, you had 36.5% of the runs in the match, not just Victoria's runs, but in the entire match. Looked like you were batting on a different wicket to what we've seen over the last uh, two days. 18 wickets have fallen across those two days. Is it the, the style that you're playing with at the moment? Is that sort of suited to, to this wicket? I oh, look probably. I think you know if I was out there blocking them or going away from my natural game, I'd probably nick off or you know there's still a little bit of nip out there. So um, oh, I think for me, just and my mindset, I think just playing positively and, and freely. Um, yeah, probably. While I'm in that mindset, I think it, you know, it might might help to not nick me off or, or something like that. So um, if I'm staying positive and um, looking to score, then I think yeah, it might be the way out, out there. 
Centuries in all three formats this season now. Uh, no doubt the selectors are watching, national selectors are watching. Uh, have you had any contact with them and what's the message been? Uh, oh, not really, only a couple of messages here and there. Um, I had a, had a phone call from Tony Dottermaid, um, but that was more just a general chat about the Big Bash and how things went there and um, nothing really looking to the future. So, um, no, for now, just concentrating, pretty cliche, just to concentrate here with the Victorian team and um, just trying to keep making runs and help winning games. There you go, Matt Short. He got 70 in the first innings off 69 balls and then almost a strike rate of 100 in that second innings with 119. It was absolutely a joy to watch and he was playing on a completely different cricket pitch to everybody else. Someone else who had a bit of a first was Mitch Perry. Mitch took his first five-wicket haul in in his Sheffield Shield career, which was an amazing effort considering someone that had lost his place in the team sort of at the midway point of the season, coming back and doing so well, and we caught up with him after the match. Your first five-wicket haul. <laughs> the smile gives it away. How happy you are. Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously very happy, but um, I think it comes down to the end of the day. I think I got lucky bowling with Duck there for most of that um, second session, and then um, the hard yards Chief put in before that spell, I think I think I got lucky with a few rewards after their hard work, so I can't thank those two enough, especially. I'll get back to you shortly, but just the team performance. It's another all-round team performance, particularly with the ball. You're all sharing in what happened last week against Queensland again in this game. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely, like you said, it's an all-round um, performance, and I think that's um, the way we've sort of gone about it since Baz has left. Like, he sort of took a lot of the load to start the season, and obviously Baz is a pretty quality bowler. So, yeah, I think for all of us to chip in a couple of wickets every now and then, I think it's going to go a long way for us to keep winning games. And, um, yeah, the... Um, I probably didn't bowl the greatest today, but yeah, I got the rewards. But um, yeah, I think Chief and Duck and then even Ferg at the start, like they were all class. So yeah, I think I got pretty lucky at the end there. Are you tired because you had to do that extra work? Because it was only yesterday you bowled quite a few overs as well. That's big workload for, you know, you haven't played a lot of cricket since the BBL. Um, yeah, a little bit, but that's not every day you get to play a shield game for Victoria. So um, I think, yeah, every time you step out on the field, especially with some of these guys, they've put in a lot of work before you. So um, if I just keep running in and trying to do my best, I think that's the best foot forward for us. And, um, yeah, um, we sort of knew Ferg was, if when Ferg went down, we are going to take um, a fair load. And I think Duck's um, spell throughout that whole second session, end of the first session, I don't think he stopped bowling. So that that's incredible. That can't go unnoticed um, a lot. And then, yeah, Chief's spell um, to break that partnership was incredible as well. So, yeah. If you lost your place in the team, having been the, the spearhead at the start of the summer, so coming back, have you done anything differently um, to get yourself back in the team and then to be bowling so well? Um, yeah, like you said, I lost my spot, uh, I think, after that Queensland game. That I sort of try and erase my memory from that game pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, um, I got a pretty honest pretty honest feedback from Bucky Huss um, to the, what I need to work on and what I... Um, how I've got to get back to where first-class cricket standard bowling and um, yeah worked a lot with Griff and sort of just try to more relax myself I think um, I was putting a little bit too much pressure on myself um, to start the season with oh Bazza might not be here um, I've got to, I've, yeah I'd probably got to take wickets but yeah I think I just sort of cost myself with a bit more pressure so I think speaking to Griff the last probably month since I've been dropped I think it's just to run it just like just relax relax and let the ball come out um, free-flowing and let the flow happen sort of thing. That's my cues at the moment. So, yeah, I think it's just relaxing a little bit more and whatever happens, happens. 
how did you take it at the time? Because, you know, I, I could imagine you'd be pretty disappointed considering how well the first sort of couple of years went for your career to all of a sudden be, be out of the team. Yeah, uh, like, any, uh, like any player that gets dropped, I probably didn't take it um, too well. But, um, yeah, like I said, I got some pretty honest feedback from Huss and Buck to what I need to um, go back go back to Premier Cricket and that second 11 game to work on. And um, I got the privilege in that second game to captain, which was awesome. I enjoyed that, those four days. It was against South, South Australia as well. And then um, I think it was more just getting back to Richmond and sort of, yeah, just... Like I said, just relaxing and just bowling, and I think that's gone a long way to um, getting myself getting myself back in the team. And, and one of the reasons why Victoria is going so well is that there is such com- competition for spots. You know, can be starting this game. We've seen Presswich, we've seen Xavier Crone around the mix as well. Sam Elliott did well before Christmas. So while it's it can be brutal, at the same point, you guys are sort of you know pushing each other for that spot in the team. Yeah, absolutely. Like we've got a real good core group of bowlers now, so um, we've got. We've got to put um, performances on the board in Premier Cricket seconds and then when you get the chance to play for Victoria, there's no real, oh, you're going to play and get some opportunity. It's not like that anymore because there's guys um, knocking at the door like, like we saw, like um, your spot can get taken pretty quickly. And, um, but I think that's good. It's all um, very good, positive competition, I think. So, and all the boys, all the bowling group loves each other. So whoever gets the crack, I think we're all very happy for each other. And just finally, where this season sits now, three in a row, all of a sudden you keep going further and further up the table and you've got your momentum at the right time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I think that win before Christmas against the Blues, I think that um, was a hell of a win, especially out here. I think it was a little bit flatter than what it was. And um, for the boys to win that game, I think that sort of just um, got us rolling into Big Bash and then, yeah, to come out after Big Bash and beat a really good Bulls side and especially a very good South Australia side, I think. The way they were going as well, they're in some very good form as well. So I think um, to go yeah, three on the trot and um, sort of hang on to second and um, hopefully a few results go our way and we can stay in second and um, on to the next one against the Blues again, I think. So there's Mitch and also Matt. What about the coach, Chris Rogers? Uh, it's fair to say he's trying to sort of keep things into perspective, just not sort of saying too much at the moment to get too excited, but he was pretty proud of the group after those three wins in a row. What's your assessment of, of that performance now, three in a row? Oh, I mean, look, it, it, it's a magnificent win again. Um, you know, it's always a tough game, every game you play in this competition, um, and, and we're still learning. Um, we made some mistakes along the way, but I, I think the way we played in patches was, was pretty incredible, really, um, and the discipline this young group is showing um, and the fight they're showing is, is quite superb. So um, really, really proud of the, of the, the team um, and some of the individuals involved too. I think they've, um, you know, they've, uh, they've been quite impressive with how they've got out. Um, it hasn't been an easy journey for a few of them. Um, they've had to fight back, but to, to perform the way they did has been um, unbelievable. I'll ask you about some of the individuals in a minute, but the killer instinct that this group seems to have despite being so young and inexperienced, I feel is, is quite a feature of a lot of what's happened in these last three weeks. Oh, yeah, I mean... With the bowling group particularly. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, I think that the discipline really is the thing that's standing out. Um, you know, we're setting some targets for ourselves and we, and we seem to be kind of um, reaching them, which is which is really impressive because it's still a young, young bowling group. So um, it, it shows that we've got some excellent young players on our hands and... and um, you know, there's there's big careers for, for some of those guys as well. So, 
you know, there's a there's a long way to go with the, with this group, but the, the early signs are, are really good. A word on Mitch Perry. We just spoke to him after getting his first five wicket haul. He lost his spot in the team, sort of at the midway point. He, he talked about that how he was disappointed, but took on the feedback and seems to have come back a better bowler. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, your journey isn't linear. You have your ups and downs. Um, you get challenged along the way. Um, and sometimes you just need to go back, find some, some confidence, work on a few things. We probably identified a, a couple of little things that um, he needed to, to work on. And the great thing about him was he, he was really receptive. You know, he went and captained a, a four-day second 11 game, loved the experience, took a lot of confidence out of it. And, and you see with the, the last two games, he's been a huge contributor in, in, um, in both of those games. So uh, for this, uh, you know, the rewards in this game just goes to show all the work he puts in is... Um, is well worth it, you know, and, and hopefully this is a sign of things to come. I'll leave the best to last, but Fergus O'Neill, firstly, his injury, is he okay? And then secondly, what he was able to do, first things, four wickets, and then two early ones before he went down. And this story just keeps getting better. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's transformed us, really. Um, we've probably been looking for a, a new ball bowler, um, and one who obviously takes wickets, but controls the, the, uh, the run rate, and... Um, he does both, which is you know superb because you know the perception is he doesn't bowl fast enough, but he's he's so accurate and, and he makes um, batters make decisions all the time. So um, he's been brilliant and and bowls big spells for us as well and and, and helps us um, as I said control the opposition. So it's been um, excellent, uh, you know, and he's quickly made himself a, a permanent feature in, in both our sides. So. Um, the, the injury he suffered today is obviously a worry. Um, he rolled his ankle. Um, I, I thought a sniper had shot him, to be honest, <laughs> the way the way he uh, reacted. But um, but yeah, he, he, I think he's an outside chance to play on on Sunday in a in a you know a must win one day game. So fingers crossed for that one. Is there a bowler that you can think of that he's like? Because he seems to be so different to most other bowlers you see at the moment in first class cricket. Um, I mean, I, I see those uh, those bowlers quite a bit in England. Um, uh, played with a few of them, um, so it, they have value. It, it, if particularly, you know, in, a, in a, an era where so many guys play T20, a lot of a lot of players don't actually practice their, their forward defence. So if you're good enough to challenge that, um, you, you can make a living that way. Um, but probably Adam Dale. Adam Dale, you know, when I came into my career, he terrorised me, um, and and it, and it was hard work because he would always ask the, those questions. So. Funny enough, um, Adam's a bit of a mentor of, of Ferg as well. Um, I think the analogy is the, the big tall ones are the Ferraris and, and they're the kind of, you know, the Toyota Camrys who just do the do the, do the the job. So, you know, he has been doing the job for us. Uh, just on that short, you know, we spoke to him earlier in the, in the week about freeing the mind and a chat that you had with him about, well, how do we get you to play like you're playing the Big Bash for Victoria? Can you share a little bit about... The conversation without going into any secrets, but also unlocking this this incredible form that he's displaying. Yeah, I mean, Shorty's a, an interesting one. You, you, you watch him in the preseason nets, and you think, oh my god, this, you know, he's got it. It's, it's, this is his year, and and he hadn't been doing it. Um, uh, and I, I guess the coaches, we, we probably question our method. You know, how are we trying to help him as well. Um, and probably we've got it wrong. So it, it was it was a conversation around how can we kind of take the pressure off him a little bit and and stop him thinking about his processes as as much and just think about batting. Just just think about going out there trying to hit the ball in the gaps. 
um, and taken on. And, and you know, I, I kind of heard him talk a little bit about the basketball analogy. And, and for me, it, it's 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 been able to, to get through tough times, but when you get the opportunity to take the opposition down, you take him down. And, and he has that skill like a few others. So, you know, he's got to utilise that skill um, when he can. Um, and, and this game, he, he went out and showed just how good a player is and, and he looked like he was playing on a different pitch to everybody else. He did. Now, he lost his spot in the team and remarkably, <clears> for someone that's got a fair bit of experience, um, not that we were losing faith in him, but did you start to think, well, run out of answers almost before the Big Bash? Uh, not really. Um, it, for us, it was, you know, he doesn't need experience out here playing. He's got a lot of experience. He just, he's just always needed to figure out how to kind of put it together and, and, and score a run. So um, it, it was probably even that, you know, letting him go back into the uh, into Premier Cricket and, and, and just away from the pressure a little bit and just allowing him to play. Um, and he's been, you know, he's been excellent. And then going to the, the T20 and gaining so much confidence out of that, working with some coaches there as well, I think that that's been um, really helpful. And, and, you know, you just see a completely different version um uh, out there playing, and, and you know, it's so fortunate for us. It's it's quite incredible to think he hasn't got a, a you know, in his, his probably seven year career or eight year career for Victoria, he, had, he hadn't got a hundred, and then he gets two in a week. I mean, it's 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 amazing. So that was the happy coach Chris Rogers after Victoria winning by 177 runs, as I said, within three days, which is quite remarkable at uh, Junction Oval. So those numbers for Matt Short: 70 and 119. And when you look at it, Victoria only scored 169 in the first innings and then 312. So it's, it's just quite remarkable that he was able to do what no one else was able to do in the match. Talking about coaches, Victorian coaches, we've got uh, Jared Luffin with us, uh, the women's coach. Jared, thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks for having me, Whitey. Did you get to see any of what Matt was doing? I did, mate. I was actually up in the box next to you listening to your dulcet tones <laughs> call the game. Um, the last couple of days had the opportunity to, to sit up with Chris and the other coaches and yeah, Matt is a player I've sort of um, known for a while and uh, I suppose coming off a great BBL has probably really helped him, it, it appears. Like he's gone into one-day cricket, scored his first 100, followed mm. it up in Shield Cricket. And, you know, at times during that innings he looked like he was batting on a different deck. So um, it's really pleasing to see. He's, he's got a really good grasp of his game at the moment. He's obviously confident. So It's interesting from a, a coaching perspective, which obviously you are, about there's so much, so many layers to coaching to get the best out of players. And it seems with Matt, it's it's not about hitting a better cover drive or a better pull shot. It's more the mental freeing up of him, which has seen him do so well. Yeah, um, I certainly wouldn't know what it's like having that much talent. <laughs> and it can be a positive and it can be a curse. And I think Shorty's always had the talent with bat, ball and in the field. Like he's, he's a lead in all three skills. And, and, and some players are on different journeys and it happens at different ages and stages. And he's probably one where, I mean, he's still in his mid-20s and coming into his prime. It's just, um, I suppose, you know, letting that talent sort of um, flourish, if you like, yeah. over a period of time and, and letting the player find their way a little bit. And it seems like um, he's been able to do that and he's been given that opportunity, but he certainly, um, you know, worked hard to be able to create that. And, you know, there's, there's so much ahead for him now. He's got still that time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure everyone's really happy that um, he's actually performing. Um, for the boys when they, when they need him to at the moment as well. It's really important to their season. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, we wanted to get you up for a chat because the, the women's season's finished, the WNCL season's finished for the year. Uh, from the 12 games, five wins, seven losses, finishing fourth. 
So how do we assess the, the season? Sort of mid-table, but I know there's a lot of positives to come out of the season individually, but how do you assess the overall year? Yeah, five and a half wins, I'll claim. Oh, okay, we had a little yes. tie over there uh, early yes, in the yes, year. Yes, grand final true. weekend. That we, we played uh, in the dark, in that's the rain. Right, in that's it, was right. a, it was a fascinating game. Um and it was we, we got the tie. So, yeah, look, I think, um, you know, as any professional outfit or any sports team for that matter, you go out there to win and our players go out there to compete hard and win. And um, I suppose to finish fourth is not exactly where you want to be. You want to be contending for titles, at least be in the mix for it. Um, there's no secret in that. And I don't think, you know, that that would come as a surprise to anyone. But certainly from last season, we would feel it's a massive improvement. We feel there's a lot of areas of the team's game and individual's that have improved dramatically over the last 12, month, uh, 12 months, which um, naturally occurs with time and effort and energy. But I suppose for us to finish fourth, last year we finished sixth, um, we feel like it's the right trajectory for our team. Um, we've got a lot of young players. We've got some terrific top-end talent. We've got mm. um, a high amount of Cricket Australia contracted players, um, but we've also got a lot of young talent. We feel like exposing them to game time this year it has been a win. Um, and then in terms of the win-loss ratio, you know, we felt like we we probably, you know, we had a couple of tight, a loss and a tie in Adelaide. And, you know, if, if you start your season off with three out of four, who knows where it goes. Um, and then we beat New South Wales twice. So coulda, woulda, shoulda. But um, hmm. we're certainly, you know, pretty pleased with a lot of the stuff we saw this year. There's quite a lot of similarities between the men and the women in the sense that there's a lot of youngsters coming through in the men's game because they're getting opportunities because of the national selection with Hanscom at the moment, Murphy, uh, Boland, etc. Bit the same with the women that with the, the girls over with the or well, firstly the Australian summer, but then also the World Cup. Yep. That you've been able to blood a lot of the youngsters that are coming through and, and not just giving them games, but giving them significant opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Look, when we have our top players, we're a very formidable side, and you saw that against New South Wales mm. when Meg came back and. Yep. Um, Elise and um, and Annabelle was playing in those games as well. We didn't even we still have a couple out injured. So yeah. I think when you have them all, it's a completely different kettle of fish. And I think it, it does create opportunity, which is the exciting bit. You can't your hands forced, um, and you do need to bring in other players. Um, I, I would say the young players we brought in, we feel like they're some of the better talents and have performed as well at premier level or at youth championships. It's not just a case of being young. I think as it turns out, a lot of the more um, you know, talented players in, in some respects are those younger players on our contract list um, in particular and a lot coming through. But there's also, you know, there's plenty of depth in Premier Cricket as well that we've seen build over the last few years also. Uh, we've actually got some games coming up in March, some Premier All-Star games where we'll get a look at a wider range of players. We've always got an eye to the future in that regard. Uh, but certainly being able to, um, you know, expose those younger players, as I said before, to, to pressure situations in games at the highest level domestically and we feel it'll hold them in good stead. Um, so the likes of Liv Henry, Ella Haywood batting up the order, um, Tess Flintoff has been around a little bit longer but still only young, um, playing a key role in the team. Um, Sophie Day had a breakout year, one of the leading wicket-takers in the league. Um, so Reese McKenna, captain Australia at the Under-19 World Cup. Um, and then I suppose if you look at you know initial um, point around the Australian players, we've got five players at the T20 World Cup at the moment, mm -hmm. including Kim Garth, who's debuted for Australia. Um, you know, so again, a different journey for an older player to come across the world and yeah. um, and 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 play for another country after playing 100 games for Ireland. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're really pleased with the opportunities that those players have got. And, and Tess Flintoff playing Australia A, and Nicole Fulton playing in the Governor General's game in January as well. So, um, you know, that individual, I suppose, promotion of players is a big part of what we're about, as along with the team success in the long term. 
just even you just talking then, it, it, it makes your job very difficult. Well, not very difficult, very challenging when you've got so many different boxes you're trying to tick from a development point of view, opportunity point of view, and you've got the superstars at the top um, and then still trying to win. It's it's a real juggle as a, as a coach when you've got such a young group particularly. Yeah, it is. And, you know, your side changes from yeah. when we, we pitch them as series. The girls play two games in three days and we pitch them as a mini series. Yep. And, um, you know, from series to series this year, our team's changed all the time and we had a new captain in Sophie Molyneux at the start of the year and then unfortunately she goes down with a major injury. Nicole Fulton steps up, who did the role a little bit last year. Um, so there's a lot of change in terms of the leadership and then also just the playing 11. I mean, we went, we went to Brisbane with a whole range of non-contracted players. We debuted four players up there. I mean, you know, we, we basically had 11 or 12 players unavailable for selection. So we don't really like to use that as an excuse for anything, but it's, it's a fact. Um, and as I said before, we try and see it as an opportunity to create um, mm. those spaces in the team for players to to play key roles as well. I think probably when you have um, your bigger name players, the other players are generally support acts. And I think that's the biggest challenge for the girls or the guys from that matter is going from being you're batting at number eight and getting 15 not out and then all of a sudden you're opening or batting at three and expected to make 100. I mean, that doesn't just happen. Um, we'd like to think it yeah, does. Yeah. It comes with time and opportunity. Um, so I think that's a big part of what our girls have learned is, oh, okay, I can do it. Um, and also I'm getting the chance to do it against the best players in the country and that's what's exciting. One of my favourite players is Nicole Fulton. With what she's been able to do over the last two years, you talked about the captaincy, it was sort of thrust on her last year through circumstances. Again, it happens this year. She's still opening the batting and having the, the gloves as well. Uh, tell me a little bit more about Nicole, what makes her tick, what makes her be able to do all these really key responsibilities within the team. I sat on the bench in Canberra with Nicole after she got out and it was her last innings for the year and she was frustrated. She got another start and she'd proved that she'd get through the power play and, and, and she got out, you know, um, not long after that. And I just – she was obviously a bit flat and I just said, um, you've done so well this year. You, you, you don't know how well you've done for a young person. But, yes, she's been around the program for a while. So, we, you know, she, had, she does have some experience. She's not the new kid on the block but she's still a young person. And to, to captain the side, we hit keep – um, bat in the middle order, she got 100 at number four or five um, against New South Wales. And then to go up and open when we lost our opening yep. options, I, I just said don't underestimate how much of a challenge that's been. And I think it is a credit and I suppose it typifies what she's like as a person. She's a very optimistic person. She's a, she's a competitor. She, she expects a lot of herself. Um, but she's also an energiser bunny. She's, she's great for our group. Um, she lifts the vibe in the rooms and – on the field as well, obviously naturally as a wicketkeeper bat. Yeah. Um, but she's – I think the biggest thing for Nicole is we've just seen the growth in her her leadership and her captaincy. I think probably last year she would agree a couple of times we're sitting there going, oh, what's going on out here? Yeah. The first time she's doing it and to now where the way she's running the game, particularly in the field um, and, and, you know, her discussions with the girls and things, she's come a long way mm. and that's really pleasing as well. And in the meantime, she's about to still um, develop her game. I mean, her batting – has gone from strength to strength if you look at her performances as well as what you're seeing by eye. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we feel like she's a real player of the future for Victoria and, and who knows from there. Yeah. So uh, so that's that from that side of things. And then when we look at Meg who came back into the system this year uh, at some point, um, which was great, um, and then Elise, two of the biggest names in world cricket that you've got here in Victoria. When they're not playing, my understanding is they still have a pretty – 
positive influence on the group. They're still really keen to see how everyone's going and still have a role. Tell us about what they can do, even when they're not actually playing, to help Victorian cricket be as strong as it is. Yeah, it, it's massive. They're, they're unbelievable, those two, in their own ways, in their leadership and particularly things you probably don't see mm. with individual girls and small groups of girls. I, I guarantee if Pez puts a, a message up on the group, she gets a hell of a lot more likes than I do on the WhatsApp <laughs> group. <laughs> I get donuts, which is fair enough. I've got the tumbleweed emoji ready to go. I'll pull the trigger one day, but it, it just it shows how revered she is and how respected in our group. And I mean, she, she's chiming in from South Africa saying good luck for the game, and and, and she comes again after you've lost. And um, it's a, it, it's a real boost for the girls. I mean, it is for even for as a coach. You know, I love seeing that. And she's um, you know she's certainly while they've been in the T Twenty World Cup, following as closely as have all the girls, and um, they they all chime in at different stages in support. And we're probably trying to build that. Um, you know, if you call it a culture or an environment, which is it's it's a new squad um, from where we've lost a lot of players from the last three to five years in Victoria. Um, some senior players have moved on and retired or gone elsewhere. So it, it's a new squad and it's really important those senior players play that role. Um, I think the individual conversations they have, um, they don't force themselves, you know, Megan Pez on the girls, but they're there, they're an ear to, to listen. They certainly have um, great advice for the girls as well as just being around training. So their training standards, the way they train for the young bowlers to bowl to them, the young batters to see how they go about it. Um, you know, possibly we could do it a little bit more, but we do try to engage them with small groups um, and we have done in the pre-season when they're around to try and maximise them without farming them and, <laughs> and making it too <laughs> much of a burden. Um, and they're, they're just so important, as are, you know, all the girls that, you know, Georgia Wareham in her own way, Taylor vermanic has been in that, yeah. Um, set up coming back from injury. Sophie Molyneux, I mean, she's just so highly regarded. She's our new captain and we've kept her engaged this year as well from a leadership and mentor perspective. How's she going, Sophie? <laughs> yeah, she's going okay. She's she's in there in the gym doing her um, rehab and um, she's really optimistic about um, getting herself back right to play. It's, it's, it's obviously a very long grind for her with the injury and, you know, we really feel for her. Um, but by the same token, we've been able to, particularly with... Um, spinners and, and the group as a whole, but she's been terrific with our spinners who we feel have had a pretty good season, our three main spinners, and she's worked closely with them um, throughout the back end of the year in particular. Um, so uh, she, she she's going well. It's tough um, mm. and there'll be tough moments for her in the months ahead, but, you know, hopefully, um, you know, she can get herself back up and going and, and play some good cricket. She's got plenty of time ahead in terms of her age and stage of her career and she's got so much to offer. So she's a terrific person. She's... Um, She's great around our group and we look forward to certainly getting her back on deck. So just wrapping things up, and it's not just from talking to you, it's there is a sense around here that it's an exciting time for, for, the, for the women's program for most of the reasons you've mentioned, but just it seems a really, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, a receptive group and an exciting group for what's to come, not just now but for the future, that they can kind of see it. Is that, is that a fair observation? I think so. I think still for the girls, the challenge is yeah, having that self belief weekend, yeah. which can be hard, particularly through the, the WBBL as well. Absolutely, when you're young and not winning as much as you'd like to. Hundred percent, and um, I think we're starting to see it. Mm. And the more they play, the more exposure to professional cricket and playing against good opposition, um, you'll start to see them grow in confidence. Like it's, it's such a confidence game, right? Cricket yeah. and, and a belief game and it's a hard game and that's what we're saying to them a lot. And, you know, so it has its challenges, of course, for all of us, the players, the staff, but we, we feel like 
Um, we've just seen such great improvement this year. I mean, there's been so many personal milestones from a performance point of view from a lot of players. I mean, a whole range of players either debuting, making their high score, taking the most wickets. So it's not just sort of talent and saying they look like a nice player. We're actually starting to see the performances. Yeah. And that, I think, when you're a player, that gives you the belief and amongst your teammates and you to be able to then go forward with that. And that I, I suppose that's probably the biggest thing for me, um, regardless of your age and stage, if you can develop that. Um, as quickly as you can, it, it holds you in good stead for the future. So, you know, we're certainly, I mean, it was a good way to, it, it was better to finish with a win than a loss. So hopefully we can take that forward into the preseason and next year and, and grow again. Jared, it's great to have you on the podcast. We've uh, waited a while through this summer, but uh, we've finally been able to grab you. Thanks for giving us uh, an insight and congratulations on, on the work you're doing. As I said, there's so much excitement around the women's game at the moment and uh, you're the coach. So you've got to take at least some of the responsibility for that. Well done. Thank you very much, Whitey. I've got to say, it's not its not just me. We've got a terrific staff at Victoria and they do a power of work, so I should give them a mention and they're, um, you know, they're deserved of a break shortly because they yes. work their backsides off and um, I know the girls really respect uh, the work they do and uh, we owe a lot to, to our support staff and the setup we've got. So um, thanks for having me on and the opportunity to chat. Fantastic. Uh, Jared Loughlin joining us, the coach of the Victorian women's team. Don't go anywhere. Next, a really good chat coming up uh, I think it's going to be anyway. Matthew Innes is going to join us, former Victorian left-arm fast bowler. Don't go anywhere.